2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. If you haven't, say, mm-hmm. It's even up here on the screen. It says, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Somebody say, guard the good deposit. Tell your neighbor, guard the good deposit. Turn to somebody else. Guard the good deposit. Now shake their hand and tell them, let's guard it together. Then you may be seated. Also excited because in just a little bit, we're going to be meeting with the leaders right after service. So all the leaders, make sure to stay together. We've got some important information. I know you're going to love it uh, right after service. What I love here about this portion of Scripture and where it's going and where we're going is that you will find Paul challenging Timothy. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good challenge. I love a good challenge. Now, it's very important. Listen to that word I said before, challenge. I love a good challenge. I don't love a horrible challenge because if it's a horrible challenge, that means anybody could do it. But if it's a good challenge, it's going to take me out of my element. It's going to take me out of who I am or, catch this, who I think I am. It's going to take me to a place where I've never been before. And here is Paul telling Timothy, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. Matter of fact, Paul even, when he shares about talking to Timothy and sending Timothy, matter of fact, he sends Timothy calling him, and I quote, like-minded. In other words, uh, Timothy has the mind just like myself. He has an understanding. I've entrusted him with things, and he thinks exactly like me. He understands exactly where we need to go, and he understands exactly where you need to go. Guarding the good deposit that has been entrusted to us. That word guard is the same word that you will find uh, when they protected Jesus' tomb, guard. Those are guards that were there, guarding, guarding. And it's very important that you and I understand that what we have to do, the word in the Greek is philoso. That philoso word, listen, listen, this is very important. you got to guard it with your life. Guard it with your life. Guard it as if your life depended on it. In other words, it's not just a fly-by-night, well, let's just see what happens with it. No, it's a good deposit. In other words, it is inside of there, and it's going to flourish if you guard it. It's going to grow if you guard it. It's going to grow if you protect it. Can I hear an amen? Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. Will you protect this house? Will you protect what God has given you? It's very important. What we come up here and what we do every Sunday, every Thursday, and all throughout the week, it is not by accident. We don't do this just because, well, it just feels good. No, my friend, we are doing this because we are guarding what God has given us all throughout the ages, all throughout the decades, and God has given it to us, and he's given it to you. But are you ready to guard what God has given you? we got to guard this thing. What I love about this is that you will find that Paul even, he even said that what has been given to you has been not just entrusted by me, but even your mother and your grandmother. Your mother and your grandmother, listen to me, these leadership retreats for the women, they're not by accident. We don't put these together by accident. Oh, you know what, let's just get a bunch of people who are titles and let's just put them together and yeah, let's just make them all feel good. No, 
We are guarding the good deposit. When we have conventions, we're guarding the good deposit. When we have conferences, we're guarding the good deposit. When we have discipleships, we're guarding the good deposit. When we have church every Sunday, we are. That's what we're doing. This is not an accident, church. This is not an accident that we're here in the city of Hayward. It's not an accident that you were born at this time. You could have been born at any time, in any age. But God said, no, I want you born right here. Matter of fact, I don't want you just born. I want you born again for a time like this. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. Listen to me. I mean, think about this. Uh, it's just, uh, it boggles my mind to think that Paul had entrusted Timothy to one of the largest churches at the time. And in this church could have very well been, a lot of theologians believe, could have very well been Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to that church. I mean, think about preaching to a church like that. Here you are preaching. And you know what? I just want you to know that Jesus, that's right, right, Mary? Is that right? I mean, you got to preach to the mother of the Messiah. So you can see why Paul told Timothy, God did not give you a spirit of, he didn't give that. It's very scary. See, some of you think when you see the pastor up here, oh, he can do that. No, that's, that's what he's supposed to do. No, I'm, I'm just fulfilling the call that God has given me, but we got to guard it together. This is just my call. You have your call. I have my call. You have your family. I got my family. This is very important. But when we understand something, we're guarding it together. I'm helping guard your call just like you're helping guard someone next to you's call. We're guarding it together. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can I hear an amen? See, even in the midst of it all, and I shared this earlier, even in the midst of it all, that we are to count it all joy. I mean, think about that. What other philosophy says, even though you're going through it, count it all joy? Even though you lose your job, count it all joy. Even though your kids don't like you, count it all joy. Even though your boss told you he was going to give you a raise and then he took it back, <laughs> count it all joy. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Count it all joy. Even though you may go through trials and tribulations of many kinds. Listen, we are living in an economy where trials and tribulations are the norm. It's just the norm. The things that we're going through. And then when you look around and look at everything that's going on, I'm going to be honest with you. I look around to all these other countries, I don't think what I'm going through is anything. I'm not going through anything. Now, at the moment, let's be honest. Can we just be honest for a quick second? At the moment, you feel like it. Oh, man, I got a flat tire. The world is crumbling. You go to other countries, they don't even know what a tire is. They don't even have a car. I don't know any of that stuff. They're still going around with horse and carriage trying to make it happen, trying to make it go to work, uh, traveling 10 miles, pick up water, coming all the way back just to provide for their family, and here we are. You can walk right into your house, get a cup of water, and go back to your flat tire. But no, man, this is horrible. Count it all joy. Tell your neighbor, count it all joy. See, what I love and what you and I must understand is that the Holy Spirit is with us. Can I hear an Amen. The Holy Spirit is here to help you and I guard what God has given us. The Bible says that you and I are marked. You know what that means when you're marked? 
Matter of fact, James even calls it a bondservant. And the bondservant, every bondservant was always marked. And they were always marked, uh, I believe it was on their, their wrist or the back of their ear. And in the back of their ear, because whenever they walked around or whenever there was the year of Jubilee, what would happen was, in order to find out who you served, they would look at your mark. They would look at your mark. Listen to me. Can I look at your mark and tell that you're serving Christ? Can I look at the marks on you? Can the person next to you look at the marks on you and tell that you're serving Christ? Or is it the, just the marks of the economy? Listen to me, my friend. We may be in this economy, but we're not of this economy. When you get a kingdom mindset, you understand that I don't serve a president. I serve a king, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and I'm going to do whatever my king has commanded me to do. We're in a kingdom mindset. Can I hear an amen? A kingdom mindset. See, the Holy Spirit has been deposited inside of us, and you and I must take him anywhere and everywhere with boldness. Listen, I believe that every Christian should have a boldness. That's just my personal belief. I believe that every Christian should be bold. There should be a boldness. Why? Because if you say, well, that's not me. I'm not very bold. Then guess what? There's the Holy Spirit inside of you who can make you bold. Well, I, I'm, I don't talk very well, and, and, and you know, that, that's just, that's not me. Guess what? That's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. It's never supposed to be you. It's always supposed to have been God in the first place. So when you go and you see somebody and your heart starts moving, you need to move with boldness and you need to declare the gospel and guard this good deposit that has been given and entrusted to you. Can I hear an amen? God has given us greatness. And you and I must understand that if we're going to change this world, then we got to move with the truth. What is coming up here in Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, I believe is one of the good deposits that God has given us. And one of the good deposits is the spirit of evangelism. This spirit of evangelism, listen to me, this is very, very important. I know and I understand who and what God has called us to do and God has called us to be as a church. Now, there's other great churches all around. There's other powerful churches all around, and I thank God for them. We associate with them. We connect with them. We work with them. We, uh, we pray together. Matter of fact, we have a collaboration of pastors. We connect here in Hayward, and we pray together for this city because knowing that we cannot take the city on our own, any church, any pastor that thinks they could take the city on their own is deceiving themselves. It's not going to work. We have to do this together. But in this together, I understand, and we should understand our role in the kingdom of God here in the city of Hayward. We have a role. You have a role that God has placed you in. Matter of fact, as I was looking at this, one of the roles that I even thought about, there were so many roles, but there was one role in particular that stood out to me. And if you think about it, you will understand, and probably all of you will nod your head. There is a role in this church that somebody plays that without a shadow of a doubt, you could be down and out, but whenever you see her, it, she just brings you up. And that is Sister Irma, right? She just, bring, just brings you up. I mean, you could have that flat tire. You probably made it over here in a flat tire. <laughs> Man, this dumb tire, what am I going to do? Now i got to pay $100 and get this fixed, and I, I don't want to do this, and hey, how you doing? Sister Irma. All right, uh, I'll give you a hug. And then you give her a hug, doesn't it? Like, oh, my gosh, what tire? 
What finances? What trials? What tribulations? Listen to me. When we understand our role as Victory Outreach, heart of the bay, we are going to help those around us fulfill the great commission that God has given us here in the Bay Area. Can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? God has given us a role to protect. Now, as I was looking, as I was even uh, reading some of this, looking back at the history of Victory Outreach, you will find, and I will find, in the 60s and the 70s, you will find a lot of men and women with no uh, 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 educational knowledge of understanding. Uh, it, many of them didn't even have a high school diploma, but yet they did things out of themselves. Why? Because they were grateful. They were very grateful. When you read the history and you study the history, and you will find, and one of the things that I have found, that back then, especially in the 60s and 70s, their whole thing was to, uh, matter of fact, in the, I want to say the 40s, there was this thing called the World War. Remember that? 30s and 40s, World War. Everything was the world. Everything was the world. Everything was the world. Well, what they did in the 30s and 40s, what they did in the 60s and 70s, they brought everything in the world to us. In other words, they set out to accomplish something, and they did. And there is a thing that every single one of you have pretty much on your phone right now. You have on your computer. You have on your iPad. It's probably sitting there in your pocket, and it's called the World Wide Web. They set out to conquer the world in some which way or form. And so because these men and these women, because of that, that's why you will hear certain people say, well, when I was growing up, See, when I have, we didn't have these fancy phones and we didn't have these, you know, lights that change color. We didn't have the. It's funny because when they talk like that, I feel like, man, what were they just riding horses all around or something? <laughs> you guys had cars too, right? They had cars and they were there. But when I was growing up, really what they're trying to say is this. This is the key. They're trying to say, be grateful for what you've got. Be grateful for what you've got. Are you hearing me? This is the whole sermon right here. Be grateful for what you've got. See, when you don't guard the deposit that God has given you, you're being ungrateful. Uh, let other people do that. Let the, now, listen to me. Even for those of you that you understood what I was just saying, you could very easily go, oh, let the youngsters do it now. Let them do it. Let them, let them have that. You know, you know what I love? Pa Pastor Daryl, how old are you, Pastor Daryl? 61. Wow. I say that because he doesn't look 61, right? He really doesn't look 61. He's 61. Just last year, he was still playing psycho in the drama at 61, at 60. I'm like, what in the world? Now, he could very easily, oh, let the youngsters do it. Let, let them do it. He's like, Matter of fact, he's so upset that AJ has to play that role. He's upset for two reasons. One, because AJ's playing that role. And two, because AJ has the hair that he used to have. <laughs> now, he's fulfilling the call, obviously, in other ways. But 
That's what I see. I, I love it when you have men and women that are just grateful for the call of God. It doesn't care about their age, doesn't care about their background, doesn't even care about the exploits they are, that they already did for God. Why? Because they're so grateful and so thankful for what God did for them. They cannot wait to do more for God. There's a gratefulness that is inside. They're excited. They're passionate. They're joyous about what God has given them, and they cannot wait to express that joy. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. What God has called us to do is to reach the hurting people of this world with the message, the hope, and the plan of Jesus Christ. It's very important. Very, very, very important. And so what we're doing here when we do these dramas and we do these concerts and we do all these different outreaches, we're not doing this by accident. We're doing this on purpose for a purpose. See, what I love about those who are grateful is because they understood the commitment. They understood what it was to have a sense of commitment. I was hearing a preacher talk the other day, and he was talking about how uh, 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 empathy, apathy, excuse me, apathetic Christians have crept into the church. And he was talking about if you're an apathetic Christian, you should just take off that last word because you're not that. So, ooh, powerful right there because really you're just apathetic. Or like my father used to say, take off the A. And you're pathetic. For those of you that sat under my father, remember we used to talk about that. Say, yeah, he's just apathetic. And if you're honest, you're just pathetic. See, some of you right now, if I were to say that and share with some of you, and we would talk and we would sit down, and if those words would come out, we'd, I'm offended. How how dare you call me apathetic? How, how dare you? Well, I'm I'm not calling you apathetic at all. It's not me. My job is to do this. Here's a mirror. That's it. That's all my job. That's all your job is. Your job is to just put this up and say, ooh, ooh, ugh. But this is the thing. Don't put makeup on the apathy. Change it. Change it. You got to change that thing. See, some of you right now, you need some surgery to happen within your heart. When you put this up to your heart, you want to cover it up. No one to see. I don't want no one to see. No, 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 no. You need to be able to say, listen, God, whatever needs to change, I want to change. Whatever needs to move, I want to move. Why? Because you have called me to guard this good deposit that has been given to me. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, this, this thing we call passion and commitment is not a doing. It is a being. It's a being. You can't do passion. You got to be passion. You can't do commitment. You must be commitment. See, it is a spirit. It is a spirit. Somebody say spirit. It is a spirit that you and I must understand. What we are doing here and what we're trying to accomplish is not an accident. I keep saying that over and over because I think that some of you think, well, I'm just here by chance. You're not here by chance. Well, I'm just here trying to just, you know, get right with God. No, you're not. You were never supposed to be wrong with God. Listen to me. Well, I'm just trying to get here to see if my husband will come. No, no, no. You're here because God's got you on purpose for a purpose. Well, if I get right, my husband will get right. No, 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 no. Listen, no, no. Listen. You must guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. Guard this thing. And listen, guard it with your life. Guard it with your life. This is very important to me. The souls that are about to get saved coming up here on October 30th. This is what 
God has called us to do as Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. I, I love it because when my father used to take us out, he would take us and he would tell us, think big, right? Think big, think big. Come on, we got to go big. Go bigger than that. Go bigger than that. Right? He you know, would sit down in meetings, sit down in meetings. And then all of a sudden he would say, okay, we're going to go. All right, where are we going to go? We're going to go to this church. Where's that church at? I don't even know, but we're going. And we would go there. And all of a sudden there would be 25 people. Our cast would be bigger than the people in the audience. Like, wait a second. Wait, wait. Are we doing the drama for ourselves? What's going on here? But every time, this never failed, every time, the father would come out, hey, come on, we're doing it for souls. And he used to say this, even if one soul, even if one soul, even if one soul, listen to me, some of you were that one soul. Can you imagine if uh, uh, the people of the past or the people of this church would have just said, man, I'm just a little too tired right now. I can't do it right now. Let somebody else do it. Probably, and if we're honest, some of you might not be here. Not even might not be here. You probably might not even be alive. Now, that's just for some of you, very small percentage, but I believe some of you, if you're honest, you probably wouldn't be alive. But for others of you, you would be alive, but you'd be breathing to death. But it took a group of men and a group of women to say, you know what? I may be tired. You know what? I may not have it all together. You know what? My marriage may not be perfect. I know not. my kids are not all together right now, especially that one. Oh, Lord, get that one right there. I may not have all the money in the world. I may not drive the fanciest cars, but what I do have, I do been entrusted with. I'm going to guard it with all my heart, and I'm going to give everything of what God has called me to do. Listen to me, Victory on Return of the Bay. What we are about to do and what we're about to embark on, God has entrusted us. Can we trust you? Can we look at the marks and say, hey, you're in this, I'm in this. You're in this, I'm in this, and let's do this together let's do it together let's do it together let's do it together god has entrusted victory outreach heart of the bay to do it together look at your neighbor say we're in this together come on tell them we're in this together see paul reminds timothy and i close with this paul reminds timothy of his inheritance the inheritance that has been given to him. This inheritance is very, very important to you and I. Now, this is what's important to myself as well, is that in the same commission that Christ gave his disciples, in the same way that he had shared with them, is the same way that has been shared to us, in the same way that Paul told Timothy, here's your inheritance, this is your inheritance, is the same way that God has given you and I an inheritance. It's very, 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 very important. Now, I close with this. I've been praying and, and, and fasting and, and seeking the face of God about, you know, what our church is to do and where we are to go. And I've been 
you know, going around. And believe me, you've been seeing I've been trying my best, you know, even sometimes trying to convince myself, you know, by faith, you know, putting up the tent by faith, right? Showing you the pictures. Hey, we got this by faith, by faith, by faith. And so we're looking, and believe me, I'm still believing by faith. Can't nobody stray my faith. I can't shipwreck my faith. However, in these things, there have been a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations that have tried to, uh, how would you say, drown out or take away our faith. And what you and I must understand is that this church was built on men and women that didn't have much, but they had faith. A lot of faith. So what you and I must understand as, as we've been praying and as we've been, you know, uh, uh, fasting and, and coming together, which we still are gonna, going to continue to do, that what we are doing is we are not trying say, to say, hey, listen, you got to do this or else. No, it's do you want to guard it with us? Do you want to be a part of what God has given you and I, an inheritance? Let's be honest, if some of you were to get a phone call tomorrow from a lawyer and say, hey, I'm just here to let you know your great, 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 great grandfather wanted to pass down this much amount of money just to you, you would do whatever it took to find out when and where and how you're going to get that money. Right? Why? Because it's yours. It's mine. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Listen to me. I don't know what the future holds. I'm a pastor. I want to work in the prophetic, but I'm not. I'm a pastor. I shepherd as best as I can. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. <laughs> and as long as what has been entrusted to us, we guard it and guard it with our life, I believe that wherever we go and whatever we do, God is going to find favor upon Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? When we go to South Africa, God is going to be with us. When we go to Europe, God is going to be with us. When we go to Russia, woo, God is going to be with us. When we go to Germany, God is going to be with us. When we go back to Indonesia, God is going to be with us. When we go to the Ball Theater in San Leandro, God is going to be with us. He's going to be with us no matter where we go, no matter what we do. Listen, if you're looking for perfection in your marriage, that's the only way that God is going to be with you. My friend, God is, you've already have a misconception of who God is. The perfection of your marriage is not that. I'm telling you. I, I've been having a, a great opportunity to talk and work with some of the married couples. We've been having great life groups. Man, I love it. How many love your life group? Don't you love your life group? It's awesome. If you don't have a life group, you should get connected to one. I'm telling you, get connected to one. We have tremendous life groups, and you can pick up a card there in the back after. But, man, at our life groups, just seeing what God is doing. And seeing the openness and the brokenness and things coming out. And even the other day, I started sharing some things. I go, man, I don't even know why I'm sharing this, but all right, I'm going to share this. And started sharing some stuff. And even me and my wife, and we were talking about how at the beginning of, uh, of our marriage, I, you know, I remembered I, I parked in a parking lot. And uh, uh, for one night, I came home, and I came home late on purpose because I didn't want to be home. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then wait till you're married. <laughs> 
I came home, uh, you know, it was after church. You know, I was saved when I got married, but after church, I remember it was like 9 o'clock, and I was like, no, I'm going to stay a little bit later because I don't want to go home. She's over there, I don't, don't want to go home. So I got home at like 10.30, and sure enough, I was right. She was ready to argue. Boom, we started arguing, and oh, my gosh, what is going on here? So I think we argued till like 1 or 2 in the morning, and uh, if I'm honest, I don't even know who won the argument. I have no idea. But we were arguing, this and that. And she's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Now, we were in San Diego. We were living in San Diego. She grabbed the keys. When she left, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually thought she was leaving to go back to Santa Cruz. I thought, she's leaving. She's going away. We had just been married for like a month, like one month. I go, she's probably going back to Santa Cruz. And you know what I thought? Now, remember, mind you, I was still single in my mind. I was like, well, that's cool. That's cold, huh? That's cold. <laughs> but it's true. I said, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. So I just laid down and I went to sleep. What I didn't know, I didn't know, is that God was orchestrating some stuff even before I even got there. She went looking, walking around the complex for an hour, couldn't find the car. I had parked in a place I'd never parked before, never. For those of you that live in an apartment complex and you know you have like different parking lots, I parked in the furthest one because that was the only parking space in the whole entire apartment complex. I'd never done that before. I always had my parking spot, but it was taken, and then somebody even parked behind them. I mean, that's how bad it was getting. I was like, man, what do I do? So I just parked way over the, I don't even know where I parked. So she came home. She walked in. Where's the car? I go. I don't know. <laughs> you're asleep. I can't believe you're asleep. I can't believe you left. <laughs> Listen to me. All that stuff happened that night. I remember that night distinctly because that was one of the nights where that was the biggest breakthrough our marriage when she came back and she said that where'd you park the car and I said I don't even know honestly I have no idea you're lying I'm not lying I really am not I don't know where the car is because I parked in a place I've never seen before and we started talking and talking within 20 minutes we had our hands together kneeling down by the bedside praying and we prayed God is my witness we prayed until we both fell asleep on that bed. Must have prayed for about an hour, just praying. The neighbors probably thought we were arguing, but we were praying. And we were getting in there saying, God, protect us. God, if you called us to be married, then show yourself. Show yourself strong. Show yourself that you have called me to be in this marriage. Show yourself that you called me to be in this ministry. Show yourself that you've called me and you've separated me for your honor and for your glory. Listen to me. Some of you right now, you are having a marriage debate right now with God the Father, and you are going at it with him, not with your husband, not with your wife, but you're going at it with God, and you've been going at it saying, man, God, why did you do this? Man, God, why did you do that? Man, God, how come you're not listening to me? God said, I heard you perfectly fine, but I'm waiting for you to stop what you're doing 
get on your knees and hold my hand. We got a lot of praying to do. We got a lot of work to do. But stop doing it on your own. Listen to me. You got to guard this thing. You got to guard it with your life. That was one of many prayers that I had with my wife. With stuff like that that happens. See, some of you, I say that because that was a distinct moment in my marriage. Some of you right now, you're in a distinct moment of your relationship with Christ. You're in a very distinct moment where you're like, man, I'm just going to get in the car and drive. Where are you going? I don't know, but I'm just getting away from here. God said, no. Matter of fact, I'm going to park the car where you can never find it. You ain't never going to have that. Some of you want to get in the car of pride. I hope you never find that car. Some of you want to get in the car of jealousy. I hope that car gets a flat and you can never pump it up ever again. Some of you right now, you're in the car of bitterness. I cannot wait till the alternator breaks on you. Because the moment you'll realize you've been driving yourself the whole time, you've been doing it your own way, the moment you get out the car, you get into God's hands and says, now let me take the wheel. Now let me do what I've called you to do this whole time. That's where you get the phrase, let go and let God. Some of you here this morning, it's time to let go and let God. It's time to let go and let God. It's time to let go and let God. Can I hear an amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Stand with me here this morning. Lift your hands. Can you lift your hands with me here this morning? Some of you right now, listen, you got to know guarding ain't easy. Guarding is not easy. Guarding the good deposit is not easy. Being married is not easy. Being in ministry is not easy. I'm tired. I got this happening. I got that happening. Listen, I know it's not easy. Trying to be a father, trying to be a leader, trying to be a husband, trying to be a wife. Trying to do all these things and saying, man, but nobody understands. Listen to me. God understands. God understands. But some of you right here, right now, I, I think that you need to just get on the bedside. You need to grab a hold of God and just say, God, I, I, I want to talk with you until I get some sleep. Some of you need some peace. Some peace. Now, I'm not talking going to sleep for 12 hours. I'm talking sleep in your spirit where you can get the rest. To come unto me, all ye that are heavy burdened. Some of you right now, if you're heavy burdened, that's why when you hear the messages, come on, let's do it. You're like, I can barely do what I'm doing. But you're still going to hear those messages. You still got to hear them. Don't think for a second we're not going to pre stop preaching them. We're still going to do it. With you or with you. But I'm praying that it would be with you with all of you, not partial of you, not a little bit of you, but with all of you, together, that we're in this together. Timothy, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know you don't have it all together, but guard it. Guard it, and guard it with your life, with your life. 